Well, God's faithful, is he not? I'm starting a, a series today. Uh, it's entitled, Distraction to Destiny. Distraction to Destiny. Uh, when you define the word before, let me get some uh, house cleaning done here before we get into it. When you, when you define the word distraction, it's a thing that prevents someone from giving full attention to something else. This world is busy. It's a busy world. And we have to make sure, and I'm going to share some things with you as I read through this, that we have to make sure that we put God in first place all the time. It's got to be all the time he has to be in first place. He has to be there. And then he will lead us. Now think of this, because I'm going to give you a scripture. If we put him first all the time, then he will lead us, lead us to the tasks that are important for him. You have to think about that. Now let me give you a scripture here in, in Matthew chapter 6 and 33. You say, well, what do you mean? I've got to work. Yeah, if you work, then you have to show up for your job. But you have to remember you work for Jesus. You work for Jesus, and he wants us to, here's what he says, but, and this is in Matthew chapter 6, 33, he says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things, all means all, all these things shall be added unto you. It's what Sandy was talking about, what Cynthia was talking about. How God has blessed you all, even financially, but God will bless you all in so many areas and bless me in so many areas, but we have to put him first. He has to be in the first place. That's why we do a Bible study in the morning uh, at 8 o'clock around that time is because we want to give him the first fruits of our time. People, people, you have to understand, it's like, okay, God wants us to tithe our money, but he also wants us to tithe our time. It's very important that we do that. Just kind of setting the stage here. If we seek him first, now John Sandy said this on the program on Friday. And I know the man of God that said this. He said that if we, can, if, if we would seek him first, then we could avoid 70% of life, life's heartaches. If we would seek him first. Seek him first over, over, uh, over purchases. Seek him first over uh, relationships, seek him first over, uh, over job opportunities. It, you know, there, it's amazing to me that church folk don't pray about where they're supposed to work or where they're supposed to go to church or where they're, who they're supposed to marry. You just think because you fall in love that you're supposed to marry that person. But you have to understand that the devil, John 10.10, 10, wants to lie and to kill and to destroy and take you out and sideline you from your destiny. And what he will do is he will distract you from your destiny. And that's why you have to know the voice of God. I encourage you to know the voice of God because it's so important. Now, here's what, here's what he tells us in Matthew chapter 6, 24 uh, and 25. And I, I want to, uh, uh, this is like, I wanted to preach this like in one part, but it's too big. I, I just can't. And it's like seven verses. So I'm, I'm going to get two verses out today, and that's it. He says this, he says, No man can serve two masters, for either him will hate the one 
and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other, but you cannot serve God and serve Manon. So I looked up the word Manon. He says here that he said that he, he is saying that you cannot serve God and material wealth. When you put material wealth, it's wonderful to have material wealth. Zig Ziglar said it best. He made a comment, he, uh, and they asked him, they said, uh, Zig, would you rather go through a situation in your life with money or without money? And Zig Ziglar said that he would rather go through a situation or a storm in his life with money. There's nothing worse than not having money. And, and let me tell you something. God wants us to be blessed. I don't believe that God wants the church to be poor. I do not think so. And if you have that mentality, then look at your checkbook and you're probably poor because you believe that. I don't believe that. I believe God's faithful. But you can't, you can't worship material wealth. But basically what we need to do is give it away. It's what the scripture says. And follow Jesus. If you will do what the scripture says in Luke chapter 6, 38, in the King James Version, it says, Given it shall be given unto you, good measure, pressed down and shaken together, and running over, highlight shall men give unto your bosom. Let me give you an example. I said this on the talk show the other day. Christy and I, we're in the middle of remodeling our home. And, and so we've got a lot of painting done on the outside. And so we were running the other day. And um, it was late in the day. And there were, some, there were some guys that were, they had these huge trucks. And they were taking out trees in, in, in the neighbor's Two, two or three doors down, taking out trees. And we've had a stump that's been in our, our yard for a couple of years that needed to be grinded and got rid of. Well, and I, so I stopped while I'm running, and, and I said, do you, does anybody have, uh, do you have a stump grinder? And he said, well, he said, I know somebody who does. And I said, well, I said, can you go look at this stump and tell me how much that it would cost to get it taken out? So as he was driving up, I'm saying, Jesus, I'm praying for a deal for 75 to 100 bucks. That's what I said, 75 to 100 dollars. So he says, I'll, I'll, I'll get it done for 100 bucks. I said, that praise God, you know, that's wonderful. And he said, and if you want it cleaned up, he said, that would be another 100. Because those things, you know, they, they're, they're like a beaver. They just chew it up and make a mess. So I said, no, that's okay, I can do that. I'll, I'll clean it up myself. And so he, he comes over, $70,000 piece of machinery that chews stumps. And it's remote. It's, like a, it's, it's almost like a toy because it comes out of the truck. You, you know, it's like, I'm thinking, man, this is pretty cool. So he goes over and pulls in the yard and starts getting rid of it, and then he does that. And so let me tell you how God works. Given it shall be given. Here's, here's the scripture that I gave you. Shall men give unto your bosom. All right, now remember it was $100, and remember that if I wanted to have it cleaned up, it'd be 100 bucks. 
So the guys drive by, they're getting ready to leave, and they got this big truck and all these tree limbs and stuff in the back, and they got this big thing that chews it up and, you know, and all that kind of stuff. <clears throat> and so um, he stops. He said, you want me to clean that up for you? I said, really? He said, yeah, I'll clean it up for you. He says, go get that trash can. Went and got that trash can. A couple guys come over in a rake, and they filled the trash can twice. He said, now what you need to do is, he said, you need to get some lime and you need to get some, um, some topsoil and fill that in and then put some grass seed on it. And he said, that'll be fine. But remember, they told me that it was 100 bucks to clean it up. Cleaned it up for nothing. See, give and it shall be given. Men shall give into your bosom. That's how this works, church. It's not like, now, I did tip the guy, but, and I thanked him because I, want, I wanted, wanted to bless him. And I said, I bless you in the name of the Lord. I said, I'm a pastor. And I said, you really helped me today. I said, it's been a busy week. And I said, I really appreciate that. And, and I thanked him for doing that. So then, I got out of my right mind. Christy says, you want to go shopping with me? And you have to understand, you know, I am busy all the time with churches and whatever God wants. I mean, it, it's just amazing how busy. So I said, okay. So we went to Michael's, Hobby Lobby, somewhere else. And we go into Hobby Lobby, and she says, now I've got a 40% off coupon. And she says, and we'll be able to use it for, uh, she says, you buy this picture. And she said, I'll pay for it, but you buy this picture, and I'll buy that one. And the lady says, yes, that's absolutely fine. So Christy paid for hers, and then she got to me. They're, they're the same size picture, but mine was cheaper. And I looked at Christy, and I said, it's a spiritual law. Given it shall be given. And it was cheaper. See, God will make things affordable. God will sometimes give you things that are free. Because he's a great God. But there are prerequisites to the blessings. Given it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down. Shaken together, running over, a lot of times people fly through that. Shall men give unto your bosom, for with, now get this, here's the key, another prerequisite. For with the same measure that you meet with all, it shall be measured to you again. For with the same measure that you use, it shall be measured back to you. You're stingy with God, then it's not going to come back like it needs to. If you don't give... It's not going to be given. So you have to be careful not to be in bondage to the world's system of things. Now as I begin this series of distraction and dest to destiny, here's the meat and taters of this sermon. He tells us in the Bible... And here's a question, and I hold this up to the TV screen all the time, and I say, it's one thing to read it, but it's one thing to believe it. And, and I was listening to what John was saying this morning in his connect group, 
about fear and about worry. But see, here's what, here's what I was saying, is you cannot serve the world system and serve God's system. You have to serve God's system and forget the world system. You have to serve God and his system. So here's the key. People are so worried and they're so nervous and they're so uneasy about finances and that's what the word anxiety means. I looked up the word anxiety and, and, and understand something that, that we, have, uh, we have a dictionary down at the school building and the school building there's a 1999 edition dictionary and I looked, at, I looked some words up in there the other day just to see if they were in there. The word anxiety is not in the 1999 English in the, in the, uh, in the dictionary. It's in the current dictionary. But see you have to understand that these words uh, uh, evolve and what happens is when these words evolve, then we can grab a hold of those words and we can say that we're anxious or we're fearful or we're this or we're that. We're buying into the world's, the world's thought process instead of God's thought process. And let me show you why. When you define the word overwhelmed feeling, it's, great, it's very great in amount. The word anxiety, a feeling of worry, nervousness, uneasiness. And i got to hand it to you. God's people aren't supposed to be any three of those. None of them. Well, it's a medical condition. No, it's the devil. I've often thought... What a turtle would look like if it had an anxiety attack. Yeah. What would a turtle look like if it had an anxiety attack? It wouldn't do any different. I do. No, yeah, right. What's that did? I wish I had free time. In Matthew chapter 6 and 25, it says, Therefore I say unto you, take no thought. Now here you, here's the key here. Take no thought for your life. What you shall eat, what you shall drink, nor yet for your body, what you shall put on, is not the life more than meat and more than the body of raiment. The abundant life is not necessarily how big the house is or how new the clothes are. But let me tell you something. The abundant life is walking in the anointing of God. All those other things fall in line. Now, the New English, the, the English Standard Version says this. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on is not life more than food and body more than clothing. And the world is jacked up on anxiety pills. And the church is jacked up on anxiety pills. When the Bible tells you to be careful for nothing and to be anxious for nothing, then what does that mean? 
Let me give you another verse. Let me give you verse 6 of Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Let me, let me go back and give you, give you another version. Be not, it says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known unto God. The New Living Translation says this, then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your heart and your mind as you live in Christ Jesus. Not living in the world's philosophy, but living in God's philosophy of being whole, heal, and well, and prospering as your soul prospers in Jesus' name. See, here's the key. The church needs to get into a place where your soul is prospering. That means you are learning in Jesus. That means you're walking in Jesus. That means you're walking the way the Lord wants you to walk in church. Until we get to that place, we're not going to see the miracles. We're not going to see the things take place. We're not going to see the healings take place because we're living in what the world says instead of what God says. And number one, let me ask you something. When you first got anxious, who told you that you were anxious? Well, the doctor or, or, or people would say, oh, well, you're, you're, you're anxious or, or you're going through this. Let me tell you something. I have been broke and I have had money and there's nothing any worse than being broke. But one thing that I can tell you something is that being anxious doesn't solve the problem. It does not solve the problem. It doesn't fix it. You know what fixes anxiety? Faith. Faith will fix anxiety every time. You'll never take another pill. If you walk with Jesus and you say, man, I'm going to trust on you, say, well, preacher, you're not a doctor. No, I'm not a doctor, but let me tell you, and I'm not telling you to quit taking your medicine, but what I am telling you something is that you are being stripped and robbed of the, of the abundant life because if the Word of God says not to be anxious, then what should you not be? If he says to sin not, then what's he mean? Don't sin. It's a no-brainer. My question is, is one thing, do you read the Word of God? Number two, do you believe it? Well, it doesn't say that. I don't know how any plainer that it could be that to be careful for nothing. You say, well, you're not in my situation, or you're not doing this. Let me tell you something. People, uh, people told me that after I left the bank. They said, well, one of our, one of our family members said, um, why do we struggle so much finance, not us, but why, why, they were talking about them. They said, why do we struggle so much financially, but John and Christy are blessed, and he's doing Uber and Lyft and Instacart and all that kind of stuff, living in the house that they do, and, 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 and they're being blessed. Well, well, let me tell you something. Through me leaving the bank and transitioning into full-time ministry was a, was a challenge. And let me tell you, there were, some, there were some lean moments there trying to figure out what God wanted to do, but he brought us through. And here's the key. He will bring you through. He will bless you, but you cannot walk around wringing your hands because you're God's people. How embarrassing is that to God if we're not walking around in the power of his might? Well, I've just been that way all my life, and I'm going to worry, and I'm going to worry. Worry is a sin. 
It is. Let me tell you why. Because he says it. Be careful for nothing. There's an old song. John Sandy would probably love this song. If I would, if I would sing it, I'm sure he'd probably get slayed in the spirit. <clears throat> me, 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 me. This song is not scriptural at all. You ever notice that people say that there's so much stuff, they'll, they'll quote stuff, and, and it's not even scriptural. Down here my burden's heavy And my road gets rough and long Sometimes my feet grow weary And so sore but a brighter day is coming. Soon I'll rest on heaven's shore. And I won't have to weary. That's what they say, weary instead of worry. Won't have to worry anymore. And then here's the part. Oh, no, I won't have to worry. And you can, let me tell you something. You can take the blood totally out of the service totally take victory totally out of the service you sing that song people start, start shouting you talk about mama and daddy being in heaven you can get people shouting but you start talking about people being saved and delivered and walking into abundant life they'll sit just like you are they will oh no I won't have to worry till I reach the heaven shore all my trials will be over. That's the way they do. And I'll rest forevermore. Woo! My eyes will be on Jesus. And my heart will be aglow. I don't know what that means. And I won't have to worry anymore. It has to rhyme with glow, a glow. So anymore. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you. That song will be on YouTube in a little bit. You can buy it for five bucks. You, you see what I'm saying to you? People, these songs are not scriptural, but yet they will get people up and shouting. Now, I'm talking about more of a song that says, uh, oh, I like those victory songs. You know, I heard an old, old story about a Savior that came from glory. But man, we can just kill people with these songs. And next thing you know, all the Christians are down at the bar just drowning their sorrows. Well, that song just blessed my heart today. And I'm just, you know, I'm just going through the battle and all this kind of stuff. Stop going through the battle. The victory is yours. Start, stop talking about the battle and start talking about the victory. That's why you're in the battle too long. It's because you're, you're sulking in the sorrow. It's time to start talking about the victory. It's talking about getting delivered from the addiction. It's talking about the financial blessings. Let me tell you something. That is the abundant life of John 10.10. 10. So if he tells us to be careful for nothing... But in everything by prayer and supplication. See, that's the key. Praying and fasting. 
You want to move a God, pray and fast. Study, seek the will of God. Prayer and supplication, thanksgiving with thanksgiving. God, I tell you what, I've given and you have blessed me so much, but Father, I, I'm just telling you how you should pray. But Father God, I pray in the name of Jesus. See, you put, you put Father in the name of Jesus and then it's a blank check after that. Father, in the name of Jesus, I want to thank you for what you're doing. I want to thank you that my children are saved. I want to thank you, God, that I'm healed. I want to thank you, God, that I walk in total abundance of you. I want to praise you, God. I want to thank you, God, that I can speak to that mountain and I can cast it into the sea and never to be remembered again. Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus that the gates the hell shall not prevail against me. I thank you, Jesus, that Psalm 91, that I'm protected in Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord, that I don't have to worry anymore because I am blood-bought and I'm saved and I'm sanctified and filled with the Holy Ghost. And let me tell you something. When you start talking about that instead of singing that old crappy song that I just sung to you, let me tell you something. You'll see victory take place in your life. You'll start walking the way Jesus wants you to walk. Stop complaining and start talking about Jesus for crying out loud. Oh, I preach myself happy like Jensen Franklin says. It's a truth. Some people, it's just a constant beer binge. Say, what do you mean a beer binge? It's like sometimes when you talk to people, you just want to go drink. You want to drown your sorrows. It's like, Lord Jesus, what's wrong with these people? And then you want to tell the people that are complaining, you say, you want to go with me? No. I'm just joking, but you know how it is. You've seen them come and show up in Walmart, and, and you run down, and you don't even have a cat, and you're down there hiding in the cat aisle because you hope that they go by you and don't even see you. You're looking at kitty litter. Oh boy, here we got to hear the story. God wants us to be free. He wants us to walk in total freedom. He does not want us to weary and worry about stuff. Because he's got it. He's got you in the palm of his hand. He's created you for a purpose and stop allowing the distractions to keep you from your destiny. Then you will experience God's peace, verse 7. Isn't God's peace wonderful to be able to go to bed and, and sleep? You know, I, I sleep well every night, and I sleep with two pillows. I sleep one that's up, up against the back of the bed, and then I take one and... I don't know why I do this, and it's like this one is sideways, like this. And, and then I'll just prop my head up there, and I'll go to sleep. Well, I washed the sheets on the bed the other day, and I can't get my pillow right. I've stomped on it. I've moved it. And so my sleep the past couple of days has been a little bit, little bit odd. But i got to be honest with you. I don't worry. You can ask my kids. John Sandy will tell you. He said the world can be falling around you and you're still positive. 
And that's just the way God has made me. And I plead the blood that it continues to stay that way. Because you know what? God is faithful. He's faithful to every one of you. God's people do not have to worry and you do not have to be anxious. Now, here's the thing. Do you choose to believe, be careful for nothing, but with prayer and supplication, thanksgiving, let your request be known unto God? He knows your request even before you ask. He's answered it before he, you even ask. And then he says in this, in, in verse 8, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, not whatsoever things that are a lie. Anybody ever been lied on? Come on, testify. Sure, you have been. Whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, Whatsoever things are of good report, if there is, there is any virtue, and if, if it be any praise, think on these things. So he wants you to think on, oh Lord. Somebody I talked to on the phone the other day, and I could have just hung up the phone. They said, oh, the coronavirus is going to be around for four more years. They're not going, they need so many, so many uh, cases and they need so many different um, uh, remedies and <coughs> whatever, the, what's it called? Vaccinations and all that kind of stuff to be able to, to get rid of it and, and to, to move it on. So we might as, well, might as well settle down because it's going to be about a four-year deal. And this person's hunkered down at home. Yeah. I'm telling you, I'm not living that way. I refuse to live that way. God's people do not have to live that way. We are not supposed to walk in fear. We are not supposed to walk in fear. Well, I, I, I know people that have the coronavirus. I do too. I know people that have it. And, and I also know people that, that had the flu. But I believe Psalm 91. I believe Psalm 91. Here's the thing. Do you choose to believe it or not. He says to think on things that are true, not on things that are. Anybody know anybody that's just so negative? They're the most negative person. If you looked up the word negative in the dictionary, their picture would be there. <laughs> but. And they're Christians. But they're so negative. Beautiful day out there. It's going to rain tomorrow. Oh, man. West Virginia played a good game on Sunday, Saturday, even though they didn't play this week. Oh, didn't they play so good? Oh, yeah, but they're playing Oklahoma next week. They'll lose for sure. Why even? I mean, why even? Well, you know, the governor's going to shut the churches down again, so we better get ready. Don't tell me that. 
Because we're not shutting down again. We're not shutting down again. You say, well, you're, are you going to, you going to go against? This thing is set up as a corporation. It's a church, but yet it has a corporation's name. And I can pay you a penny to come to church. As an employee. You know, hey, you know, sometimes you, sometimes you stumble across things. But let me tell you something else. <clears throat> if anything, if they try to shut us down, then the pulse experience will become the pulse protest. We'll start protesting. Because you don't go to jail if you protest. And I guarantee you, you won't get the coronavirus if you protest. Not a soul that burned up a building in these towns, nobody, who, who in their right minds, okay, do you think in Gasway, I mean, okay, if they want to riot in Gasway and, and they're going to bring a pallet of bricks in, do you think nobody's going to see that? Do you think that when they pull a, bring a pile of bricks in and fireworks and all this stuff that people don't see that? What is wrong with this world that we're in? But let me tell you something. There's not one of them. They talk about the churches that people are getting the coronavirus in the church and they're getting it this and in the school system. Boy, and things are bad and blah, blah, blah and all this kind of stuff. And, and then you have people that are protesting as the governor is pulling up his car up to the edge of the steps to get out and do his, uh, his daily report. And they're protesting to let their kids play sports. You know what my thought is? These people that are protesting? Don't you have a job? Don't get negative with the world. The news broke on our talk show Friday night about the Supreme Court Justice. What was her name? Ruth, yeah, I always have trouble with her name. Um, passes away. We, we broke the story on the news. CNN and Fox got it from us. And it just lit a fire between Tim and John, and it's like nobody could get a word. It's like you raise your hand. No, 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 because it could happen here, or this can happen, and this kind of thing. And I look at both of them, and I said, Trump's going to pick somebody. I said, do you think he's going to miss an opportunity to reverse Roe v. Wade? Do you think that he's going to reverse, uh, he's going to miss an opportunity to do something with the abortion issues that we have? I said, absolutely. I said, this is unprecedented. This is a great moment in our world. But then you go home and you watch the news. Oh, well, the Democrats will be mad. Oh, there's going to be a fight on Capitol Hill. Oh, there's going to be this. Oh, there's going to be that. Who cares? Who cares? Because it's going to get done, and it's going to get passed, and I'm excited about it. Because it's time for this world to wake up 
And see, here's the thing. Well, you ought not preach that from the pulpit. Well, that's why the world has got in its shape that it's in is because the preachers have shut up because they don't want to offend people. I'm not out to offend people. I'm just here to tell you the truth that the world has, has taken over and the church has went to sleep. And I'll tell you the truth. I go into the Connect Center and the first thing that I do when I walk into the Connect Center is I lock the door. Because if I say something that offends somebody, you can't get in. I go in there early, and the other day there was a guy that was, now understand, I spent 19 years in banking. I've been all through the security stuff and what to watch for. And if it's summertime and somebody comes in in a hoodie, you in trouble. So I noticed I pulled in. There wasn't any cars there. People weren't working yet. And it's in a little office area um, where there's businesses. And there was a guy that was standing there in a backpack and a hoodie in the summertime. And I wanted to go up to him and say, are you one of my listeners that's mad? We have to be careful in this world. Be careful for nothing. Don't worry about it. God has it. If we're doing everything that God wants us to do, then he will take care of us, I promise you. He neither sleeps nor slumbers. So start fixing your thoughts. Philippians chapter 4, 6 through 8. Start fixing your thoughts on things that are true, things that are honorable, things that are right, things that are pure, things that are lovely. Things that are admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Now, as you walk out of here today, I challenge you to stop talking negative. Some of you are going to call me and say, my relative hasn't talked in three days. (laughs) You ever heard the old saying, if you can't say something positive, then don't say it at all? I pray that the Lord checks your heart every time that you try to get negative on something. Because it will pull you down and rob you of your faith and cause you to overdose on anxiety pills. God's faithful, is he not? This sermon didn't work out the way I was hoping. I thought there'd be more shouting and running the aisles. But it's the truth. What I said to you is the truth. I want to start encouraging you to bring people to the Pulse Church, 403 Gasaway, who are demon-possessed, whether they're related to you or not. Demon-possessed people, bring them to the Pulse. If you're watching and you're demon-possessed, get here if you want to be free. If you struggle with anxiety, if you struggle with worry, if you struggle with a sickness, get here so that you can be free. Because God wants you free. God wants you free. He doesn't want you to not be free. He wants you to be free of everything so that you can live the abundant life and work for him and not allow these distractions to keep you 
from your destiny. Stand to your feet if you would. God's faithful. We love you, God, so much. We love you, God, so much. Father, I pray from the north, the south, the east, and the west that you bring them in. Father, I glorify you and I thank you. I praise you, Jesus. How worthy you are to be praised. You're such a worthy God. What are you dealing with today? You need help from God? The altar's open. You want special prayer today? If you have a negative attitude and you need that turned around, come and seek God with it. Ask God to help you. Death and life is in the power of the tongue. And if we speak death over ourselves, that's what we'll get. But if we speak life over ourselves, then that's what we'll get. The The tongue is a very powerful thing. Where are you today? The altar's open.